I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello and welcome back to the study. (laughs) Sorry. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast Ring FC. I'm Isok Konga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am bloody great. Thanks, mate. How are you? Excellent. Glad to hear it. What, what, what's excellent? Anything in particular? My computer screen is filled with your wonderful face. That's why I'm so Oh, great. don't... <laughs> You're starting to pander to the vase. <laughs> if after 200 odd episodes, I don't know my audience... If I don't know the person, if I don't know how to get you in the good, in the mood for some football podcasting, then I wouldn't be doing my job. Populism. You are a football populist. Cheap, cheap socks, the police, to you please are a football the audience. Populist. That's true. Actually, if there was I a am, footballing right. electoral commission, you would banish it. You'd get rid of it, so you could have complete control. <laughs> I would. I would. How are you? I'm good. You know. Yeah. Yes. It's the end of the week. We've had the Champions League, so that's been a joy. Can I say this? There's something about this, this stage of the season where being able to immerse yourself absolutely in just a couple of games is something I really it's love. The best. It's, it's the amazing. best. I was actually a bit antisocial last night. I should apologise to my friends because they went to watch the game in, in the bar. This is actually quite antisocial of me. I don't normally oh, do this. Generic sports like, chat. So my friends went to watch the game in the bar. Yeah, so Liverpool Villarreal. Right, American sitcom. Game. Yes. Watch the game in the bar, Oh my god, there's canned laughter. <laughs> canned laughter. <laughs> but I must say, uh, I just thought I just want to sit here and absorb this game. And what I love about these Champions League games, which we'll talk about, these two semi-finals, in different ways, there was just like so much texture. Oh, they were both great. And, and I love great. the fact I love the fact they were so different, actually. We'll get into this, Me too. but I love the fact Me too. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ignore your local mainstream football 
Media. Talk radio. Just drink it in. Anyway, exactly. let's do some admin quick. We hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. And a um, bit of a change to the Ring RFC schedule, you might have noticed. Wrighty's house went up on Monday. It was great. You and Carl and Wrighty talked about the weekend's games, talked about Arsenal Man United, talked about the Merseyside derby, talked about a couple of other bits and bobs. Stadio is coming to you today on Thursday. And it will also be coming to you on Friday to talk about the Europa League, the Conference League, and there's also a big Premier League game on tonight, Musa. Goodness. I mean, <laughs> have you forgotten that your beloved Manchester United are playing tonight against Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea? I've absolutely forgotten. I've absolutely well, there you forgotten. Go. Have a nice day. <laughs> Barely awake, but still, yeah. So we'll be talking about that. And then next week, there's no right house next week, but there will be three stadios. Three stadios. None of you asked for it. But you're sure as hell going to get it. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's uh, just like, no. When we saw Wrighty's house go up on Monday, we were like, yay, no stadio. And now it's uh, like, uh, no, three stadios. Uh, uh, oh. Anyway, go and check the Wrights house. That's up now. Uh, Musa had a great piece. It's, a, it's such a good piece, man. Honestly, oh, I know. Thank you. Thank you. I know, I'm, I know you're here and I shouldn't say stuff like this to your face, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. Musa wrote a piece about Manchester City, Real Madrid, with some that means a lot because it had Musa Okwonga <laughs> sentences in there. I was just, <laughs> I could read it. It was like it was almost. It was really weird. At one point, I had to double check I wasn't reading or wasn't listening to an audio book of you reading that piece because <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear you saying it. Anyway, that's up on the ringer.com forward slash soccer now. Uh, I'll have a piece go up over the weekend or maybe early next week because I am going to. Actually, are you going as well? I think I will go, actually. Oh, we're both going. We're going to be going to Wolfsburg versus Barcelona, the second leg of the Women's Champions League on yeah. Saturday. I'm so hyped for that. It's I mean, I'm a vibe. little bit worried for Wolfsburg because I think the aggregate, the aggregate score could get a little bit... I'm worried for Barcelona. Messi. They won't know what hit them. Listen, we've got to be bullish. Yeah, listen, Barcelona go into the... Home of the Wolves now. <laughs> it's different. It's, they're built different. Can they do it on a... Mild. Can they do it on a mild... Yeah, a, a mild, a mild lovely spring Saturday evening in Germany. Can they do it? Probably. But we'll see. Anyway, we'll talk about that on Monday. There's also the second leg of PSG Leon as well. First leg was a, was a belter. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, check the ringer.com in general. Some great NBA stuff going up around the playoffs. This week, we saw the return of one of the greatest things on the ringer. The metal NFL draft. Oh my God. Chris Ryan, the devil. Based Chris Ryan. Base, it's so good. <laughs> Danny Kelly and Chris Ryan. I love that oh. so much. He's, he kills me doing that stuff. And that's so media. good, man. It's so good. We got to see Chris Ryan last week. It was amazing. We saw him in the UK and uh, hung out with a couple of. They say, never meet your heroes. They're wrong. Just the best. Great humans. Really, really good to meet that. Honestly. The, the gang, actually. Really good to meet them. Other bits of admin. The next edition of Stadio Newsletter is imminent. Go to stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, sign up, pop your email address in, you'll get a confirmation email, so check your junk folder. And we don't pass it on to anyone, we just use it to send you an email every now and again. And also the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. All the music we play out on each episode, newest one is at the top, so it's for Stadio Outros on Spotify. And that is all the admin. Oh no, one more bit of admin. Shout out to Callum Jacobs. A new formation, yes, the yes. book out now on Penguin. You've got an essay in there. Jeanette Quachi's got an essay in there. Sana Qureshi's got an essay in there. All about how black British footballers shape the modern game. Yes, we might have something coming up on the Ring FC feed about that. So today we are going to talk about the Men's Champions League. 
And we're going to touch on a couple of other bits. So let's get into it. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, can we begin in the motherland? Yes, we can. The 0161. Let's do it. Manchester City 4, Real Madrid 3. This was very much the Avengers end game of the two ties this week. <laughs> wow. Whereas wow. Liverpool VRL was probably a Michael Henneke film. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Just as enjoyable, very different. You know, oh, no, maybe that's a bit unfair. It was a little bit more suspense in that one. But anyway. Forget my crap analogy. I like that. All right. Thanks very much. Let's talk about... I mean, yeah, I would have gone more with Blade Runner 2049, but anyway. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Manchester City Real Madrid, because oh, this oh was an epic. Where to start? I'm trying to talk about what was most striking in this. And can I just say, as an overall thing, this is so frustrating for Pep, because of all the Champions League semifinals I've seen Pep coach, this was the one where individual instructions were the most important and where Pep coached it absolutely perfectly and where his players did not stick to the plan. They didn't stick to the plan. And it's funny because, you know, I've watched Pep in so many semis and in other times he's, he's made adjustments like before when, you know, way back when, when he was missing uh, Iniesta, so he brought in Cater and other things, but, or when he played Puyol as a fullback, you know, he's had to make adjustments before, right? But this was the game where it was really about, if you just do what I tell you, you're going to absolutely prevail. And this is going to be a masterpiece. This was all set to be the signature Pep Guardiola semi-final. This was it. This was going to be it. And he did everything perfectly. And that moment when they're 2-0 up and Mares doesn't make the pass to square for Foden and you see Pep getting furious because he's like, you have to no, hit these like, hard early. And Pep knew exactly what was coming. And it came. And that is why, in a weird, strange way, because he's a multimillionaire and I probably never meet him and like, who cares about my sympathy? That is the most sympathy I think I've had for Pep Guardiola in the last few years of watching him coach. There's that amazing clip on from behind the dugouts where he's a ball of energy and then he just collapses to his knees. Because he knows. Yeah. He knows. I wrote a tweet afterwards saying this is one of those rare games that where Pep is actually going to lock his, himself in a room for longer than he would have done if it was a defeat. It's true. He famously in Pep Confidential, he has that, goes through that process that he does when he loses games and he's just like, I go and basically I just lock down mm. and I, I stay up all night and I watch all the games again and I'm just, you know, he goes full. It's always sunny in Philadelphia in front of the... Yeah. Yeah. And this I think he will do. But also, I remember after the uh, quarter, the, the, the second leg of the quarterfinals, after that, that Atleti game, where we were talking about the, lo the, the loss of Carl Walker and Cancelo. Mm. And... Um, Pep knew. And we said that maybe the left-hand side, the left-back, so Sinchenko coming in probably wouldn't be that much. Obviously, missing Jao Cancelo is massive for any side in world football. But Sinchenko is still, he would be first-choice left-back at 
Most places, pr- yeah. Most places, most teams in the Champions League, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. was that right hand side that they were going to struggle with because that is where Real Madrid will hurt you. And having John Stones coming in, who wasn't, I don't think, fully fit anyway, mm. and we saw had to go off with an injury. He, he and Man City just really struggled to deal with Vinicius down that Real Madrid left hand side because Mares is. Is great, but he's he doesn't give you the absolute most no. defensive st- solidity on that flank, and also playing a centre back wide. And I think John Stones is, but being honest, I do think John Stones is still underrated as a defender. It's Vinicius. But, it's Vinicius. It's so it's so tricky to move it's out there right. at that stage if, at this stage of a tournament. You know, you can get away with it, for example, against yeah. lower half of. Like lower half sides, probably in a in a league game, but in this at this stage of the tournament, it's so tricky. And then being replaced by Fernandinho, who actually I thought did okay in certain moments, and then really not okay in other moments. But he very much looked like a man of his age who usually plays centre midfield, who was being asked to play right back in a. There were just no circumstances in modern. There's no circumstances in civilian or athletic life where a 21 year old man loses a foot race with a 36 year old man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just really, really not. They're really not. If they're running for the same bus, the outcome's going to be the outcome. It's just, it just is what it is. That goal by Vinny was, there was something about that goal, I think, that it was more, it was almost worth more than the one goal. Like, there were were a couple of goals like that. To be honest, all three of those goals were like that, actually. Well, they were, actually. And that's the thing. Isn't it funny? Yeah. Yeah. Each Each of the goals was worth more than. Because it shattered, each goal shattered City's momentum, shattered their air of superiority, shattered their joy at each point. And Vinicius's goal in particular, because the problem was because he got the ball that high up and won it there, the moment he got it, I was like, that's in. Mm. It was so weird. I knew it was in. I was like, this is what they've been feasting on. And then it stopped City being allowed to play with, with freedom, actually. It was a different kind of goal. If it was a goal that had not exposed directly the one thing that City were worried about because the one thing you're most worried about was that mismatch right on that flank that was the one if it had been Rodrigo on that flank against Stones from the beginning it would have been more manageable mm-hmm. wouldn't have been easy it would have been more manageable but Vinicius is a unique talent and you're right the moment that happened it was like City were kind of having to stay home a bit more yeah but I think the, the, the whole vibe of the game changed with that Benzema goal though, because City the was so one. good before that yeah the yeah. first Benzema goal sorry because you were talking in the writer's house group about it, how it was like a hotel breakfast. Yes. You know, you just go up as many times as you want, help yourself. It doesn't really matter. Yes. Everything was there. They were getting exactly what they wanted and they were, you know, did they hit the post or did I imagine that? Second half. Second, Second half, half they hit the post. Yeah. First half they had a couple of those chances that they should have they should Foden have drilled one wide, probably should have got on target. Should Mares on target. had another one. But the goal, like scoring so early, it's a really good thing for City, but sometimes it's so early and they were so in control that I wonder whether, this isn't a criticism of those, I think it's just human nature, you, you subconsciously don't take every chance you get seriously because you are getting so many chances. But I can imagine Pep giving that talk. I can imagine Pep specifically saying the third goal is the most important. Mm. I can actually imagine the moment the first goal goes in, Pep going, the third goal is the most important. I can, I, I can imagine him saying that as an instruction, which is why I will be critical of City because this, was, this is like Kevin De Bruyne's not redemption arc because they're nothing to redeem, but he had that injury in that final and didn't like fully acquit himself. And in this game, this man was playing with a vengeance. He was absolutely supreme. Like 
Phil Foden was outstanding in the first half and he wasn't even close to what Kevin De Bruyne was doing. This is how good De Bruyne was. It is, and, and I, I know we, we talk a lot about, we praise him a lot and it, it, it can slip into self-parody because, oh, De Bruyne was this and that. He was extraordinary. Like his touch play, it was like watching, it was like watching peak Roger Federer where the person on the other baseline is just scrambling around and Federer is just standing in the same place and just guiding him from corner to corner. And you're like four, you're four shots into like a 19 shot rally and like Federer's already won this. It was that easy. There was a point when the, the camera cuts to Modric and he looks stressed. Yeah, I remember that. You remember, you, you, you see, yeah. It was, oh my God. Modric was just like, like Modric, almost That was like, the first time I think I've seen, this might be an, an over-exaggeration, but it's the first time I've seen Modric basically with the look of like, okay, this is what the end of my career is starting to look like. He could feel it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the game ain't in me no more, man. <laughs> I'm amazed that Crows lasted tw- uh, 90 minutes. Well, I'm not because actually the subs made perfect sense. And actually, can I say with Ancelotti as well, before we forget, something I wanted to mention too. I am loving the boldness of his substitutions. He's subbed Carvajal twice in this campaign, really yeah. early. And you know what's funny? You don't hear anything come out about it afterwards. People just accept it because they know. Everyone in that club um, dressing room has bought into the changes that absolutely need to be made. And even, with, and to be honest as well, like Alaba, I mean, Militao, if we're being really honest, Militao was maybe slightly lucky not to get hooked too. Alaba had a hamstring concern before the game and was actually heavily rumoured that he wasn't going to play at all. So I think it was, I think it was just that issue. That's, that's and it was the same with Stones, actually. Like injury, doubt, risked anyway, and both, both came off. But to be fair, Alaba didn't look too sharp anyway on characteristic for him. He got, yeah. for the Gabriel Jesus goal, he just looked a little bit of half a step slow. Mm. He got uncharacteristically the wrong side. And he got drawn out for the first goal as well. His movement yeah, he did actually. The first goal. And again, Carvajal was not questionable, but I think it was... <laughs> Poor Carvajal seems to be in the wrong place for at least one goal per tie in this knockout phase. Yeah. But the finish from Gabriel Jesus was so good. Just that composure. And he, all you need is a rumoured transfer to Arsenal to turbocharge your form. But there's loads of it. <laughs> Because he has been like borderline unplayable since that came yeah, out. He's been a proper nine. He's and been he's a proper been, nine. He yeah. has been. He has been a proper nine for the first time in quite a long time. I think. Hallelujah! Yeah, yeah. Pep's realised that they cannot replace him. They can't replace him. <laughs> Pep gave him the talk. I got to say, Bernardo Silva as well. Got to give him a shout because ever since like his moment of truth, um, where there was talk that yeah. he might be out the door, he has been supreme. He was unbelievable. I actually. love him in this deeper, like slightly deeper role. It's brilliant. Defensively, I, I it's extraordinary. Him, yeah, 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 yeah. Him dropping a little bit deeper. He's almost playing like, like Gundogan role when Gundogan yes, was yeah, dropping yeah, deep yeah. and kind of being metronomic. He's just so good. Like if you think about this, uh, Ilkay Gundogan was in for a shout of City's best player or most important player. And now he can't even get in the starting eleven. He can't, he can't get in. There are just so many options there mm. for Pep. It takes you a few games to realise that Bernardo Silva is actually playing where he is. Yeah, yeah. I said this with Kyle Walker. When Kyle Walker got the injury, when I saw Pep's anger and concern, I was like, because what Kyle Walker specifically does is unique to that squad. It is, actually. Mm. Like, I know Cancelo is an incredible playmaker and a very good defender, but there's a particular way that Kyle Walker occupies the other, the winger, mm. that is extraordinary. Where he can occupy too. Like, he allows Mares to basically just go forward and, and create purely because he can lock up two thirds of that flank. Defensively, his recovery play, his, his uh, combinations, like he's a real 
he's an absolute, you know, fullback slash wingback in the most conventional sense. In a way that Cancelo isn't. Uh, I love Cancelo, don't get me wrong. But like the particular thing that Kyle Walker gives you is, like I would almost feel like for that matchup, he's the number one choice mm. that Pep would want against Vinicius. And he wasn't there. And Vinicius made absolute hay. And the problem, of course, with Modric is, if you give him a sniff, Benzema scores, Modric is like, oh, we can have a party. Oh my goodness, it's on. And then everything changes. The whole body language, the swagger, the playmaking. Valverde, all of a sudden, his pressing starts connecting because once Modric starts finding his rhythm, then Valverde's energy, but also like his intelligence. Slight, slight surprise into- inclusion, Freddy Valverde, who, who I think actually did really well. I think so, yes. But yeah. he has always done well when he's been a surprise inclusion. Yeah, true. And that's the thing because, and this is no disrespect to Kroos, Kroos, but the absence of Casemiro, he had to cover more ground and do more mm. things. Actually regulated the play, I think, not too bad. I think actually... Madrid weren't caught out so badly through the middle. It was more that like, they I don't think I've, ever seen, I've never seen so many players arrive so late to so many presses. Like Madrid weren't even pressing that badly. It's just that City were moving the ball at the speed of light. Yeah. At the speed of light. Like the opening 20 minutes of the game, I was like, this actually feels like science fiction. It, mm. was, it was genuinely like the absolute peak pep it made Madrid actually look worse than they were because it was it was a strange kind of press though because it wasn't like they were swarmed or anything it was as soon as Real Madrid pinged the ball out to one of the fullbacks Mm. it was panic stations and I couldn't really figure out why because actually on the few occasions in that early stage like pre before the Benzema goal I think they maybe had like one chance before that that was a bit of a warning to City but it was really the Benzema goal which was like no 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 like we still got it but when the, the few occasions that they did break that city press, they actually got out quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did, they did, they did. And it was really weird that it was it was seemed the first time in the competition that they actually seemed to panic because they didn't even really do that against Chelsea, mm. even though Chelsea was so superior in those early stages. They didn't really do it against PSG. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they were in this kind of damage limitation mode for that first leg. It really did look for the first time that Real Madrid was severely wobbling, like proper, yeah. proper wobbling. Yeah. And then that Benzema goal just changed everything. You know how we said before how like it felt like some teams have to work super, super hard for chance creation? It almost feels like Real Madrid are the opposite. Real Madrid actually don't really need to work that hard for chance creation. You know, even like Atleti, the amount of energy that went into a counterattack against City and Real Madrid are actually the opposite. They don't have to work that hard to her elite sides. It's like you said in that, in your piece, like, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like advanced technology, like having your driveway blocked by a horse and carriage. It was an amazing analogy. Like, Oh, thanks. You know, it's funny because I looked at Real Madrid and it's funny you mentioned that Letty because in terms of the efficiency, this actually felt like that run they had to the final at Letty when Griezmann was just like balling out. Mm. And they were almost taking pride in the fact, and actually, this, shout out to Tifo. Tifo did an amazing breakdown of this. It's like, what was the, what was the uh, example they used in the video? The tactical breakdown. Was it said, JJ's? Um, I think so. It was amazing. He said, um, "Round we get three chances and score five goals," which I yeah. thought was the most incredible. Yeah. Shout out to Tifo. That's, They're just always brilliant. The most brilliant breakdown. That's perfect. That's a perfect way to explain it because that Benzema chance was not easy. No, no, it was not at all. It was, it was not. It was really not easy. 
<laughs> just kind of executed it with no drama whatsoever. That's an unbelievable finish. You know, it's one of those ones when, when you see Benzema score a goal like that, you know, we talked about the psychological effect of certain goals. It's because as a defender, you're thinking, we can't go in with anything. Yeah. He's absolutely locked in. He's had nothing and he scored that. Mm. It's such a difficult finish. And then again, so then it, it pegs you back a little bit. Then it makes you hesitant and you're playing out because you're like, oh, Benzema's pressing me. I can't. He's going to feast on that. So then it inhibits everything. And you saw that down the right flank with City. Even before Stones went off, the difficulty they're having playing out because they knew that side was being targeted. They knew that was the weaker side. So Benzema was going to press, shift the play over to the right. City'd have to play that on the right side, which they would have been told. This is the thing. Pep would have told them all of this. Pep would have been like, their press is so good. They're going to work you to the right and they're going to target you. Mm. So they knew all of this. And this is why the Mares miss is so frustrating because it was like, Mares, well, not the, yeah, the Mares miss, the failure to make the pass. It was like, Mares, if you're not going to defend, that's not your thing, fine. But you have to be decisive up top. That's literally your job. I'm wary of saying that if, if City go 3-0 up, then that's it. Because as we've seen numerous times before with Real Madrid, they're just like... We've seen that happen. We've seen a 3-0 lead. Yeah, They we've are seen like that. the ultimate undead football team. Yeah, they are. Because like a zombie, Madrid have thousands of years of accumulated wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we talk about my favourite three minutes of the entire match? Let's do it. It was the Foden goal, assisted by Fernandinho. And Kevin De Bruyne starts to run away to celebrate with Phil Foden and then checks his run and goes back to Fernandinho. So everyone who's on the pitch goes to celebrate with Fernandinho first. And Phil Foden, for a slight second, realises that he's only getting mobbed by substitutes and looks a bit pissed off. (laughs) 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 But I actually thought like Fernandinho going forward, for example, was really good in this game. He did something, I think think he literally came on. Mm. He got the ball and cut inside and just sat Vinicius down. And he was just like, the old boy still got it. You sadly, young bloods, you young bloods. This is what we used to do in midfield. <laughs> um, and then the next minute, Pep gets booked and uh, Juan Malilo on the bench, on the Man City bench, you can see on the camera shot behind him, is just giving the biggest <laughs> finger wag. No, 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 no. And I just love it because he can't even hear the conversation. He's so far away. That's it. Like the, the distance between the city bench and the actual touchline where Pep stood is quite a distance, especially in a loud atmosphere. Mm. And I just love the confidence that Lilo's just like, no, 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 no. Amazing. Then literally after that, this is all happens at 53, 54, 55. Vinicius's goal. Yes. And then you have the Camavinga for Rodrigo change. Four minutes later, Bernardo Silva scores that absolute wonder goal. Where oh my gosh. All, yeah. <sighs> Play advantage, listen. don't they? Play advantage. Well, he, hmm. Okay. So, Real Madrid plays the whistle. I think Courtois does play the whistle. I think he's just wrong-footed by the brilliance of yeah, the strike. Because if you see where it goes, like when he hits it, you might expect a low one. And like, Courtois slightly on his heels, just because I don't think he's expecting it to go right in that corner. It's very, very easy to watch a finish like that and afterwards be like, oh, I should have gone X, Y, Z. Like, he put a lot of hot sauce on that. Do you think even Bernardo Silva was thinking this is going to get... He, he kind of hit that with like a free hit. It was like, this is probably... It was, the rest, it was. The rest about to blow the whistle, so I'm just going to absolutely whack this. Ripped goal. it, yeah. Great finish. See, but even Unbelievable there... Unbelievable goal. There's the All, game there's management so issue. many goals in this game that were just absolutely sick. But we'll get, we'll get to the one that will get the headlines, or did get the headlines, but at 4-2, there's a game management issue there. That is where Pep maybe might look at himself and be like, Maybe I could have brought in, not Gundogan, but like, or done something just to regulate play more. Done something to, I don't know if it would have been Gundogan. This is the weird thing because Pep, again, 
there was nothing he had to fix. He'd coached that team to the limits of what it needed. Everyone was in the place they needed to be in. It's why we didn't see Grealish. It's why we didn't see Gundogan because everyone had exactly the role that was assigned to them. And all Pep was basically would have said would be like, just execute and we'll win this by two clear goals. Mm. And they should have taken it 4-2. At that point, they should have taken it. Well, I mean, they could have done. I mean, the handball is what it is. I think it's really unlucky. A lot of people yeah. were just yeah. doing the whole like, what, you can't do that. You can't do that. And yeah. like, yeah, you can't do that. But it's just one of those, yeah, the ball, yeah, when the ball enough, skids enough. off your head and hits your hand, which is less than what, a couple of feet away. Mm. It's, I think people forget that when you're jumping and contesting for a header in the box, like your arms are going up. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. A, it's a penalty. It's one of those, we've talked about this before, that kind of, we know it's a penalty. One of those, it doesn't really seem that fair to be a penalty for something like that, but it is a penalty. And then the penalty, the penalty happens. The Penenka. The, the fact he does that Penenka, he does that. And then you're like, it's just such a statement of we're coming for you. Because he's actually, he missed two against Osasuna, I think, just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Where Ed- Edison, Ed- Edison dived the, the side that he, that he put both of those penalties. And he floated it down the middle. High. Do you know what I really hope he said? And this is because I'm not, I, lo- I love Edison as a goalkeeper. I think he's great. But if, if Benzema had, had clocked that Edison went the way that he went when he missed those two, there's part of me that really hopes that as he floated it down the middle, he just went, not today. I mean, there was an element of that. There was an element of he executed that exactly as he wanted to. Like even putting it that high. Mm. Like he, and that was, you know, you put that high, so there's no chance of him clawing it back. But also you put it that high, that person can actually just watch it. So you're lying on the ground and you're still seeing it pass over your shoulder. Yeah, there are, there are kind of like a, a couple of Penenka, like Penenka's differ. There are some Penenka's that are just like, Haha. they're like banter Penenka's. Do you know what I mean? They're yes, like, yes, they're oh, right. I did yeah. this, I did this, look at me. And there are some that are just like, no, 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 you need to watch. Like them. the Pirlo one. Yeah. The Pirlo one was low, but the way that Pirlo did it, Benzema hits this off the front, off his laces off the front, mm. whereas Pirlo almost cuts under it. Yeah. So it's actually even more contemptuous because it's so contemptuous. If you watch it again, the Pirlo one again and again, you can almost read it. And the mm-hmm. statement there is almost like, if you were paying attention, you'd have caught this. That's why the Penenka is so devastating for a goalkeeper. It's See, like, the thing with Pirlo, I think he would have said, Gianluigi would have saved him. <laughs> that is exactly the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know this, you know this footballers doing certain things where you're like, I can imagine footballers doing out of context in the football field. So we'll get to this game in a moment, but in the same way that I could imagine Pirlo with a glass of wine scoring that Penenka and Benzema just like swigging like a bottle of that Club Marte like in a Berlin park doing that. Like you can imagine them like chipping Keeper and his clerks, mm. right? The same way we can imagine, I could imagine like Thiago playing against Villarreal in flip-flops. It was that casual. Like just, you know, those, not, not, the, you know, the no, sliders. not flip-flops, but just barefoot. You know, the socks and sliders. Yeah. Socks. Oh, dude, take my money. Listen. You know I'm a Socks and Sliders fan. Yeah, exactly. Socks and Sliders all day, man. So comfortable. No consolation, but that first 20 minutes is as good as I've seen Pep in late stage Champions League. Yeah. Think about it. That right-hand side for City is a problem. The Benzema penalty to one side, because that can happen any time, anywhere yeah. with any player, right? But the two goals that they conceded City from open play, both came from slight breakdowns defensively on that right-hand side. Yeah. The crossing for Benzema at the beginning. I don't think Felimondi gets closed down quick enough. I think he has a little bit too much time there. Mm. 
And then yeah. also Vinicius just breaking down that left-hand side and he was away. The fact that he broke, he kind of went through, was it, he went through Bernardino's legs like kind of on the halfway line and that was it, they were in. Yeah. That is a problem for them and that's one that he, they need to fix because that is going to be where the open play threat really comes from. The thing with City is that they have the tools in the middle of the park and they have enough options in the middle of the park and they have enough different types of central midfielders then backed up by an elite centre-back pairing to kind of deal with the centre midfield threat. I still think Modric will pull strings and they will be threats within that, but I think they're actually one of the best equipped sides. Them and Liverpool are the best equipped in the tournament to deal with that centre midfield threat from Real Madrid, where where even Chelsea have struggled. But it's that Real Madrid left-hand side that they need to lock down because Mondi and Vinicius is a problem. It's a way more of a problem than Carvajal and Rodrigo or whoever plays down that right-hand side. Yeah. And that's the area they really need to fix. I think if they, if Carl Walker plays in this game, I don't think City concede as many as they do. No, I agree. It's not exactly a wild take. It's a fair, it's absolutely fair. It's absolutely fair. Yeah. But anyway, what a game. Can't wait for the second leg. What a treat, yeah. Before we move on to the game, we will talk about stuff like the proposal from UEFA to make some of these knockouts ties one legs and stuff like that we'll talk about that at a later, a later time because we want to we want to talk about the good stuff right now there's enough bad stuff yeah you wait for fixing what's not broken oh fucking hell anyway shout out to UEFA as well I will say that one thing about the away goals I mean it's very early days there's no away goals rule but I'm enjoying this I'm enjoying this so far I don't think it's actually affected it mm. but you know we'll see we'll see yeah yeah let's take a quick break and then we'll get on to the other game let's do it When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, let's go to Anfield. Liverpool 2, Villarreal 0. I think this is a good result for Liverpool. Liverpool have had a few results in the knockout stages of the Champions League that maybe haven't been as mind-blowing or huge, but they've been good results. Mm. Villarreal obviously came with a, with a game plan. Mm. And a game plan that I think is completely valid and completely understandable against one of the two best sides in the world, I would say, currently. Yes. A side with far fewer resources, a side who are massively overperforming. That's no disrespect to Villarreal, but... but in the first Champions League semi-final, I mean, that second Champions League, champ, second Champions League semi-final, first one in 15 years, 16 years. The fact they've me. been to two is pretty remarkable. Coming off the back of a Europa League win, otherworldly, yeah. massively outperforming the expectations at the club. Completely understandable game plan, I think. And I, and I genuinely believe that anyone who, like we've, we've all seen it, we've, there've been some clips going around from various high profile radio things in the UK on, and there was probably some bits of punditry as well just going after Emery and the approach those same people 
would have been complete would have been talking about a complete naivety in Villarreal if they just come and try to like go toe to toe with Liverpool. Also, what credit do those people give to Villarreal when they beat Bayern Munich, which is one of the great results of well, the knockout stages? I mean, let's get real. Champions League nights, especially when English sides are involved, people kind of tell on themselves. They do, they do. That's all I really have to say about that because I think the Villarreal, weirdly, even though Liverpool were far superior, we know this. Liverpool had so much of the ball. But in that first half an hour, it wasn't really until about half an hour in. I think it was the Mane deflected volley just before Thiago hit the post. Mm, yes. The Mane one felt like for the first time in the game, the VRL were really wobbling. They're breaking through. Yeah. That's and I fair. think that's, I don't think that's, some, I think that's, I think that's actually a massive credit to, to VRL and Emery that they, I think it was around the half an hour mark. Yeah. Like VRL dragged that game down a little bit and stopped Liverpool being as fluid. And I want to throw something in there as well. How about my, the, the opening moment when I realised that this was going to be a, a tough night for Villarreal. So you know how like an analogy here was with, with a Real Madrid, you know how like Camavinga is most effective at the moment off the bench mm. because he gives you the energy, the injection, he allows Modric to push higher and he's such a vital sub for Real Madrid. Chukwueze is a vital sub for Villarreal, mm. but the absence of Moreno meant that he had to start. start so yeah. he didn't have that change of pace. So Gerard Moreno, this is the thing you saw with you saw it with Villarreal. It was really how the game plan was so unfairly affected by the absence of Moreno. And I know everyone goes, "Oh well, listen, you have to adapt." But Villarreal, this is where you see the resources really. Yeah, mattering. they haven't got a like. They haven't got you know. If Firmino goes down with an injury, if Firmino goes down with an injury, they can't just put Mane at centre and put Diogo, Diogo Jota in. They just can't. They don't have that ability. Thank you. And here's the thing. Here's the crucial thing. I feel the way that Villarreal played. They got criticised a lot for their cowardice. I thought they were extremely brave. The way that they played out from the back was yes. incredible. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Right. Because there were a couple of times in that first half because yes. I was at the derby on Sunday and the main problem that Everton had, and I know that they're different levels because Everton are fighting relegation mm. and Villarreal are in this Champions League semi-final. But, you know, Villarreal's resources ain't, they haven't got the resources of Everton. They don't. They don't. And the difference between Everton here, and I think you said it on Writer's House, was that you have to have a plan if you're going to play that way for when you do get the ball because you yes. are going to get the ball. And Villarreal, a couple of times, there was a couple of link-up They had the plan. They had a plan, the plan, yeah. Uh, centre-back, left-back, popped it into uh, Parejo. And Parejo, there was once where I think he played a 1-2 with Francis Coquelin. And then they were out. Yeah. And I was like, huh, they're actually getting out. They're not getting out with the, the, the fluidity or they're not getting out every time they get the ball or have possession. But there were a couple of moments in that first 25 minutes where they got out and I was like, actually... Yes. This yes. could work. Bingo. And thank you. And with, with Gerard Moreno on the end, but making the movement to either divert runners, there were a couple of times where they broke and they got to the final third. And it was like, if you had Moreno there cutting mm. inside or out, that's a different proposition. And they didn't quite have it. And that's all it was with Villarreal. This is why I was, I will be quite bullish in defending them because they weren't just sitting deep. They were actually trying to absorb that press. And this is the thing. Playing out like that at Anfield against that press, right. pretty much it's the best press in the world, really. Like, yeah. it is the best press in the world. And they're doing that. They don't, they're not just coming to Anfield and being like, okay, let's park the bus. They're like, no, we need to actually absorb all the shock and go at them. And this is why I will always defend them because they gave it a really good go. And the thing about Liverpool is they, sc they scored their two goals in about three minutes. I would love to see the statistical breakdown of how often they score in three-minute bursts, two and three-minute bursts. They must be one of you know the teams why? in the world that are just unbelievable at that. It's because men are too emotional to play football. 
too emotional. Can I? Am I not too emotional to play Liverpool? Do you know what's funny as well? I remember watching this game and thinking, although the opposition is Spanish, I was like, this is exactly the game that Thiago was signed for. Because we said when Thiago was signed right. by Liverpool, yeah. we talked about passing the ball before the gaps close. We talked yeah. about that oh right? my God. Yeah. time and yeah. again, yeah. time and again. We had some questions. Moko, can we get like five minutes of you talking about Thiago? Ah, uh, yes. And then Rhino Byrne said, Maybe 10 minutes of Moose and Ryan talking about midfield play from three of the best right now. Kevin De Bruyne and Modric and Thiago in the first leg. Oh because my, goodness. my feelings have been felt watching this football. So we oh talked about goodness. KDB and Modric. Yeah, we did. Thiago time. Oh my God. Okay. I, said, I made a comment on Twitter. I said, games like this are where you really see the need for Liverpool to have that runner from midfield. Because I thought the one thing that Liverpool are missing in this game in particular is breaking the lines with the ball at your feet. And to sound slightly smug, when they got the opening goal, it came from Thiago pushing it. And I know he's not the quickest, but he pushed it off on the left flank and he broke that line because I thought, you're not going to pass through the lines with Valencia. The only way you're going to do it is by carrying the ball because they're too smart, right? Their coverages are too good. Sorry, basketball depression. Their coverages are too good of the zonal areas for you to pass through them. It's not going to work. And you can do the kind of... Um, you know, the diagonal, like I call it paper cut passing or hidden diagonals, but they're, they're going to close those gaps. They did really, really well with the exception of like Luis Diaz out on the left flank. They actually coped pretty well. And Mo Salah was not pre-AFCON Mo Salah. Like he wasn't, there's a couple of chances, which I would say pre-AFCON, like fully sharp Mo Salah hits in the top corner, right? Um, so him being, I would yeah, say- Yeah, like one in the first half that went just over that I was convinced was going in the top Him corner. being 15% below- is absolute well, twenty percent below his absolute in a goal best. scoring sense. Though, in a goal, in a I think goal creatively yeah. and link up, yeah. he's been really good. But in a goal scoring sense, yeah, which is just what purely they, in a goal scoring sense. Right, but I think, right. but the, I think this is as long as you're getting stuff out of him in another sense. I think statistically, yeah, yeah, he's still dangerous got, as hell. Yeah. And also remember, this has coincided with Mane moving more centrally. Yeah, so, so he's still I think dangerous he's, as hell. Yeah. He's still like, yeah. So it was, it was just slightly below his best. But what Thiago does, not just pushing the ball forward because he's got all the tricks you can imagine. It's the simplicity and the tempo. And the thing about them scoring those two goals in three minutes, it's because of the passing intensity where he just doesn't give you a break. He doesn't give you a break. You saw against Everton, I think he only misplaced two passes. He only failed to complete two passes against Everton. He was unbelievable in that Everton game. I he was astonishing. There. In the first half, he was right in front of me and I basically just watched him from the majority of that first half. Just in awe, in awe. He was unbelievable. And I've said this before, like watching Thiago in person, is a different experience. Like I, I did it, I saw him a couple of times at Bayern, a few times at Bayern actually in person. And mm. it's an experience. It's a, it's a player that you, no matter how good you think he is just by watching him on TV, when you watch him in, in person, I don't want to be one of those people like, you got to be there. But like, it is a different experience. It's like, you know, going way, way back. The first time I took my dad to a, an Arsenal game after Arsenal had signed Mesut Ozil. Mm. And my dad was really on the fence about Ozil and then he watched him in a game and he was just like, I get it now. You know? Do you know, actually, it's, it's, it's funny because when you see how, when you can see the whole pitch yes. and you can see how what they do affects things that are way off camera, it's, it's, it adds a whole other uh, like level of appreciation. To what it's the do. decisions, yeah, because you see, you see that you have some idea of the decisions they are making mm. because you see the scale. Um, well, let's talk about his moment for the goal, right? The, the opening goal, because yeah. it all comes from him flicking that pass central with the outside of his foot. Having pushed it outside. Yeah, having like pushed it Having like essentially flat, yeah. sucked like 
three or four Villarreal players out towards that that Liverpool left hand side, mm. and it's really subtle, but that pass catches them all on their heels. Yes, and yes. they Unbalances never quite them. recover from it. No, no, no. And it's so often you see this with deflected goals that it's because of two or three passes before that leads to someone scrambling to block something and yeah. it ends up in the back of the net. And it's it all comes because his body shape is absolutely if you're if you're defending him, I don't even really blame the defensive. Uh, I don't even blame the defending here because his whole body shape, where the ball is, it looks like he's going down that left-hand side. It yep. looks like he's going down the line. Yeah. And he just flicks it with the outside of his foot and they all have to turn. And sides like Villarreal, when you set up in this way, not sides like Villarreal, but any side who sets up this way against a side like Liverpool, you're really in trouble when you have to turn. Yes. That's why teams defend in such low blocks because the game is in front of you and it's manageable. You're really in trouble when you have to turn. And weirdly here, usually that turning happens when they've maybe been caught out a little bit too high up the pitch. Mm. But here, they were actually in a decent shape, but turning from one side of the pitch to the other side of the pitch. It's quite like, it's quite, I found it quite interesting actually. And I know yeah. that I, I actually tweeted about this at half time when it was nil-nil saying, I don't want to go all Spain versus Sweden in the Euros, but I'm really enjoying this game. And a lot of people are just being like, <laughs> this crap. But it's when it, but you it, are enjoying it because it's, you're, it's yeah, the you're smallest, the, sm- the smallest bits. Where, like in comparison to uh, Man City and, and Real Madrid, where it's action, action, action. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. It's relentless. It's relentless. It's, it's an action movie. Like mm. the moment, the moments of reward have to be more elite. Not, no, they don't have to be more elite, but they are. They are just as satisfying in games like Liverpool against Villarreal because, like, they've had to really work for it. It's the problem solving. Yeah, yeah the it's, problem, it's solving. problem yeah. solving. And I find, I personally, I know that everyone sometimes just wants to be entertained, but I find that really, a really, I find that really intriguing. I actually find those games really enjoyable when you watch them on your own because you can really zone in and focus. This is on why, them. and yeah. this is why I wanted to soak this one up at home, I think, because, yeah. you know, I, I think I sort of interrupted myself earlier, but. You know, Thiago, when he was at Bayern, the amount, every single week he would have faced the defence, almost every single week, he would have faced the team setting up like Villarreal did. And his whole thing was just finding the gap. So one thing he brings to the team, which is amazing, is the patience too. Him being like, he can say, actually, he has the experience to say to his teammates, do you know what, this is going to take an hour. Mm. And the opening goal will go in about six. I've got an hour. Thiago's totally just like, don't worry, I've got an hour. You can imagine him like, and people are going like, oh, frustrated after about 30 minutes. He's like, guys, still got half an hour of this. Keep pushing, keep switching. Ah, oh, it's not making a difference. Trust me, it's making a difference. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like a sort of, it's like a chief, um, it's like a chief architect just overseeing the construction and everyone's just moving the stones around. He's like, no, 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 trust me. Like, are you sure that should go there? Yeah, trust me. Like that, that arch goes there. No, 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 trust me. And then like two months later, oh, we get it. Now we get it. And that's all this is about, just shifting people around, moving them, unbalancing them. Then it gets the 2 on. The beauty is you still got Thiago there. It's good night at 2-0 because the game management. We saw in that Champions League final, you know, the astonishing Champions League final performance against PSG where he just controls everything. And the moment he goes off, it's pandemonium. Mm-hmm. The slight shift, actually, the slight, actually, well, before I forget, talk that PSG are selling Paredes. And if that happens... There's a lot of teams that should be pouncing on that because the way that man controlled tempo, yeah, 
the way that control, it, was, it gets Real Madrid, the way he controlled tempo, he showed something good there. Player. Yeah, yeah. Hell of a player. So yeah. Also like shout out to Rulli who got wrong footed for the opening goal. I just feel for him because he's had a superb tournament yeah. and there was a lot of talk by a lot of people who clearly haven't been watching Rulli, um, who's been brilliant in so many games with Villarreal. So I don't want that to kind of tarnish his campaign because it was, you know, an unfortunate step. But also on a more positive note, shout out to Sadio Mane, who yet again scored and who frankly is putting together. Before you do shout out Sadio yeah. Mane, could we just shout out Jordan Henderson? Because I think him yes, bursting yes. down that right-hand side for the first goal, I think, you know, he was also like, I was a little bit worried about Jordan Henderson in this game. Mm, okay. Because he was really angry all game. <laughs> I haven't seen Jordan Henderson this sneery for a while. I think actually his reaction to the goal shows you how hard Liverpool were finding it on the pitch to really, really break uh, Villarreal down. Yeah, yeah. And they did have chances. Like they had like 12 shots in the first half, a couple on target, right? So it wasn't like they were, they were but they were creating really good chances, like really, yes. really, really good chances. And Jordan Henderson, he's, like, he he's a barometer. Man. He's a barometer. He is a barometer. He? Yeah, he is a barometer. And I think that was maybe why he was so frustrated all game. But anyway, Sadio Mane. No, it's fine. Actually, just before Sadio Mane as well, before I jump in as well, the most terrifying moment of the match that I saw, um, this left me in genuine fear. You know, when you watch a game of football, you're like, all of a sudden, that would be frightening if I saw that in any, anywhere in the world. Canate's uh, on the ground and Virgil van Dijk pulls him up with a single hand. Yeah, I that saw that. I saw that. And was just like, oh my God. I was like, <laughs> and like, <laughs> Ibrahim Canate, he is not a short king. He's, 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 he's messed up. Virgil van Dijk pulled him up with a single, you know those superhero movies where you're like, someone falls over the edge of the cliff and then like the person just like drags him up with one hand. It's like, nah, that's not real. How that CGI is like, okay, it's not CGI. No, it's just Virgil. Virgil was the stunt double. <laughs> that they was, just got Virgil to do the stunt double. terrifying. That needs to be an advert. They need to use that in our campaign. They need to. Um, but yeah, the other thing, so Sadio Mane, uh, I said this on Twitter, like, this man has scored ever, it's the last six months, maybe. I, I, know, I know he's a big game yeah. goal scorer. I know, but the last six months in particular, AFCON, yep. final, FIFA, penalty to put them through, Man City, Villarreal. Like this man, the crucial goals he's scoring, unbelievable, unbelievable. Someone said like he's low-key turning into like one of the best nines out there. It's like, here's the thing. He always has been. Like you could play this guy either flag or through the centre. Tiago knows, man. Yeah, Tiago like that post-match knows. interview where he says, you know, we've got one of the best strikers in the world and Salah goes winger and he's just like, no, 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 come on, you're a striker. Yeah, yeah. There was a really lovely moment, actually. I think it was Zach Paklev on Twitter when we were talking about Sadio Mane, talked about his brilliance and like big games. And someone said, oh yeah, like my favourite was the 2018 Champions League final when Salah goes off and Mane just goes into overdrive. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually, I'd actually tweeted earlier. I was like, that's exactly, that's my, still my favourite Sadio Mane performance. The ability of Sadio Mane to level up mm. in huge games is a thing of wonder. So, and then someone said, people replied to me going, Oh, is he in the Ballon d'Or conversation? I'm like, yeah, That'd absolutely. Be. Of course he is. I mean, I don't think be. he'll get it, but he absolutely has to be in it. He's got to be. Yeah. Top three, in my opinion. Let's say, for argument's yeah. sake, Liverpool do win the Champions League. But your first ever AFCON, or your country's first ever AFCON. Yeah. And then a Champions League. And you take them to the World Cup. And you take them to the World Cup and you are in the playoffs. The, one of the most integral parts of that side. You've got yeah. to be in the conversation. You have to be. If, if, if Liverpool win the Champions League, he is my Ballon d'Or shout. Yeah, because I'm not actually one of these people who thinks that just winning X, Y, and Z means you should be 
nailed on for the Ballon d'Or, but I think it's all in context. I think the decisive nature in terms of this being a head-to-head, I think that's the thing that would... Um, yeah. Um, I wrote a tweet after this because it was about this goal, uh, saying how it's rare now to see Liverpool goals that don't involve at least one piece of player movement that is almost impossible to defend against and how that is a sign of how elite Klopp is as a coach. Yeah. And I was thinking about this, about sides who, who can make you think like you're in a kind of okay setup and then split second and the ball's in the back of the net. And I was thinking about, it's a very easy one to think about, but I was thinking about 2011 Barcelona and I was thinking, okay, is my comparison here of Liverpool too kind and isn't that something that Barcelona used to do? And actually I was just like, no, because the movement with Barcelona was the ball. The ball movement was the thing that hurt you. And the thing about Liverpool is that they don't kill you with passes. They can do, but they don't. They kill you with movement. Yes. And actually the passes, on the whole, are quite simple for them. It's so funny you should say that. And I love that you've said this. I was thinking exactly this is so funny. But the reason yeah. that they're simple is because the movement is so elite that they don't have to pull out some otherworldly pass a lot of the time. You still see them do it. I think they're one of the best sides I've seen, especially in the modern era, who combine the two. Man City are slightly different machine. And then you've they're- articulated this perfectly. I was I was the last three days I've been thinking it's like City's midfield terrifies me yeah. and Liverpool's forward line terrifies me. And it's because of the movement and because what Klopp has done. Klopp has very deliberately placed different emphasis. Like Klopp doesn't have six Bernardo Silvers. He doesn't. No, no, no. no. But he, then, because yeah. he's chosen not to, because he's like, I want different things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want, I, I, I see the Gundogan configuration. I see Gundogan, De Bruyne, Foden, but that's ball movement. I see Klopp has chosen a different centre of tactical gravity for his team. Yeah, and there's a moment on that Mane goal where he drops out in a slightly deeper right, a slightly deeper pocket on the right hand side. Then Salah goes, or I might be getting the wrong way around. And the defence kind of just like we're good here. We can see them both. Yeah, and it's just the understanding between the pair of them to drop. It's it's classic kind of it's classic old school double pivot territory. Well, like centre midfield play, but it's just higher up the pitch. You stay one stays, one goes. Yeah. And that's a really, really crude way of explaining it. But that's because that's basically what happened. Ma- uh, Mane comes out, Salah is the furthest forward. Salah comes out, Mane goes. It's a great ball from Salah. It's in the back of the net. It's unbelievable. And I think yeah. the thing, the comparison with City is really interesting. And I think this is why they make such interesting matchups because City, their real thing was just passing, 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 overloading one side. And then the switch kills, kills teams. Remember, like they did it over yeah. and over and over and over again. Or, they get down the side and they cut back. It's all about creating. And that's very similar to what Barcelona used to do, but it's yes. just in, in an evolved way because it was so fresh back then to a lot of people. But it's just, you target Overloads. one pocket, you, you, you pass, you pass, you pass, you drag the rest of the side over, you overload and then you go. And with Liverpool, it, they don't actually ever, it's, it's, it seems, to, I need to go back and really look at this. I might go back and actually re, like just watch a load of Liverpool goals to, to make sure I'm not getting this completely wrong, but it kind of feels like they really need to actually outnumber sides in a personnel point of view. It's purely on the movement of the players. And it's just wild. It's, it's, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I love that you said that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because you've literally articulated right there something I've been thinking about for three days, continuously going, what is it about these teams? What is it about Liverpool that is just... I look at that midfield and it doesn't frighten me like, like, like the City one does. And, but it's not supposed. But that's it's because, the problem. 
That exactly, exactly. And that is the problem. Like sit this is this is why I know there are a load of conversations about, you know, finances and stuff like that. And we know all of this stuff when we know the you know, the thing with City, but from a purely footballing point of view, it is unbelievable to see these two sides the way they are. Yep. Because they play in very different ways, but there are some similarities. And I find yeah. it so intriguing. We're really fortunate to, we're fortunate to have two coaches at the absolute peak of their powers with nothing to prove. Because frankly, and if Pep really wants a Champions mm-hmm. League, but he has nothing to prove. If Pep never coached another game, he would still be, for my money, the most compelling coach I've ever seen. Oh, you're looking at two of the all-time great coaches yeah. ever. Ever. Yeah. It's wild. It's so wild. But anyway, this feels different to previous rounds that Villarreal have kind of... Yeah. Because Liverpool are just a, so, a way more complete... This feels like Benfica. Bayern this feels like Benfica Juve. in terms of how they've just like navigated this. Yeah. I mean, I think for also though for Villarreal, I don't think they'll be absolutely devastated in this result. No. Look how they went for Bayern at their place. Yeah. Villarreal at home... It's are a, a serious thing. proposition. Yeah. They, and, a and, serious... and the thing is, Klopp will take them seriously. Like he knows yeah. how he knows how good they can be at home. Villarreal, if, we, if you've seen them, if we judge by what they've done in previous games, mm. they're absolutely going to heat that thing up from the opening mm. moments. They're going to go at at Liverpool. This won't be a slow out the gate, I don't think. Second leg. Yeah. Um. Couple of quick questions. Antonio Lasada said, "Would yesterday's approach by Villarreal be generating controversial headlines had it happened under Atletico slash Simeone? If not, what are the differences you saw to defend their case?" It's weird that they have come under so much criticism because they have far fewer resources that Atleti yeah. have. We said this before. I could also understand why Simeone played that way against Man City in the Champions League. They don't play like this every week. I just feel like if Emery had had a little bit more off the bench, this is a different, um, a slightly different outcome. Like yeah. they'd start, they'd had, they had Moreno to start and Chukwueze off the bench. I think that's, it was basically yeah, the worst the, possible injury for them. Yeah, I mean, sense. actually... The only slight issue I had with the VRL lineup was I was surprised that Emery didn't maybe just go with Dan Juma on his own. Yeah, stick an extra point. body in midfield. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't. I didn't, when I saw that the, the two, only that was the only thing because I was the Celso like, has been brilliant. The Celso has yeah. been brilliant at breaking. Yeah, and I think and maybe having him as a little, a slightly, slightly more advanced. I know he played Coquelin a little bit more advanced, but I think that's a really good shout. Actually, maybe right. packing another body in midfield. I think might have been the only thing I didn't like I didn't like the Celso that high up I didn't like but if we had up, another body in midfield it would have been fine exactly I agree I agree I so like him that was the up. only thing yeah. I was a bit like ah shit because then for example in the game state as it was at 0-0 you could have then brought Chukwese on at half time yeah yeah good shout couple quick questions from the two ties cupcakes and caviar could Vinicius's nutmegging of Fernandinho be considered a Jedi nutmeg since he didn't touch the ball and essentially did it with his mind ha 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 you know, that's one of my favourite um, types of skill, the yep. leave and then the turn. Yeah. They also say, uh, yeah. are there other Champions League Jedi mind tricks? The dummies without touching the ball and then you sit someone down and then they're just... Deco, the absolute. Deco, the master of that. Deco was the master of that. Modric, yeah. the master. Modric mm-hmm. was the master of misdirection, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. A couple of quick ones. Peter Feldman said, will Foden manage to roll back onto the pitch for a third straight leg of the Champions League? <laughs> will it cause another epic melee? Who will pull Grealish's hair this time? I've got to admit, the Foden roll back onto the pitch is one of my favourite developments in the late stages of the Champions League. It's brilliant. I just want to talk about how tough Foden is very briefly, like about this man gets absolutely hammered and comes back he for it. He gets the shit kicked out of him. He does. And always wants, and seems to actually invite contact because he knows if he, if he draws contact. There's one bit yeah. on the left flank in the first half of that game where 
he draws two players and just pops it out. I love it. He's, he's amazing. Unbelievable. He's an amazing it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, one quick one from Sam Mitchell. What is your under the radar venue to host a Champions League final? Mine's not under the radar, but the fact that the Westfalen Stadion hasn't had a Champions League final is. It what? No. No one wants to go to Dortmund for the Champions League final. Why not? You love it. No one in Germany wants to go to Dortmund. I love Dortmund. And every time I say I love Dortmund, everyone's just like, why? It's a vibe. Cologne would be nice. Probably a bit too small though. 50,000 mm. is not quite big enough for a final. You probably want a bit more, like maybe 70. Um, I, like, I like Dortmund. Yeah, I'll go with Dortmund. Because that stadium, oh, the Westfalen Stadion is one of the best stadiums in the world. You'll go with that. The only problem is who gets the, uh, the suit tribuna. Oh, I like that. You know? Also, it's just a train ride for us, isn't it? Do we have to change to get to Dortmund? Is no, it straight? It's just a, like straight a good ride. three and a half hour train ride. Three and a half, that's nothing. Yeah, I'm just checking the venues. It has never hosted a Champions League final. That's wild. But I suppose it's rare that non-major cities within those countries do. Mm. Uh, let's talk about a couple of quick results before we go into losing 2-1 against Bologna. Thanks to uh, an absolute howler from Radu. It is those two for the league, Inter and Milan. But I will say this, the run-in, they both have a very tough run-in. They really do. The last four games are both difficult. Yeah, Always watch Atalanta because they drew 4 all with Torino. <laughs> and Udinese beat Fiorentina 4-0 as well. So Serie A was, uh, was on one on Wednesday night. Uh, a quick shout for the CONCACAF Champions League. Two all against Pumas and Seattle Sounders. It was raining cats and dogs. <laughs> and so were the penalties. Raining catfish. There were so many penalties in this game. Uh, super fun. If you haven't watched it, go watch the highlights. It's the first leg of that final. And uh, just quickly before we go, Arsenal have announced that Tobin Heath has been released early from her contract by mutual agreement. Tim Stillman quote tweeted it saying, a shame this didn't really work out, but fitness the barrier ultimately. Blackstone has signed in January and has played more minutes than Tobin, who didn't complete complete 90 minutes for Arsenal. Her equaliser away at City, still incredibly crucial, and I know that she contributed off the pitch. I still think the signing made a lot of sense. Arsenal brought in nine new players and a new manager since last summer and they're competing with the Chelsea team who, haven't been, who have been together for years and years. Bringing someone who has won so much made a lot of sense, in my opinion. That's what Tim said and I have to agree with him. It's a real shame. Real yeah, shame. Cause, it really is. Yeah, just uh, one of those great players whose body lets them down. Yeah. And um, wish her all the best because she's, she's ace Tobin. Yeah. We done everything we need to do today? We have indeed. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. We will. You know why? I'm not finishing that. Maybe after the final, I'll give you all the full rundown. I haven't really done it this season. No, that's true. That's true. So yeah, we'll talk about Europa League, Conference League, at Manchester United, Chelsea. Uh, other than that, hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Don't forget to check theringer.com forward slash soccer. Check stadio.football, scroll to the bottom, pop your email address in if you want to sign up for the newsletter and uh, Stadio Atros plays on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing out on a brand new one from Chunky. GNG is out now. Go check it. Anything you want to add to me, Sock Nothing further. Nothing further. Lovely. Well, you can add it tomorrow. Wow. Back to back stadios. Vibes, vibes. Everyone's just like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, much love, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Man can't tell me now if they've never ever known no stress.
can't go talk up loud, then check up your guts on breath. Yeah, I might have seen some things, but I never gonna told no fed. If you cannot cope when it's on your toes, then it's on your head. Man can't tell me now if they never ever know no stress. Can't go talk up loud, then check up your guts on breath. Yeah, I might have seen some things, but I never gonna told no fed. If you cannot cope when it's on your toes, then it's on your head. Said you're the best, then be the best. Said you're the one, I believe you when I see it, I guess. Come like Riddick, I see in darkness. No, I gotta make it count, cause I'm blessed. All about making more and from less. Place it all on my crest, might smoke it soft, but I spoke it all from my chest. Wrote it all from my head, scrolled it, scribed it, was it over, no mess. Grind till Tina's old and then checks. Working through one on the process, give my all and no less. Talking cheese, I go shred. Progress, proceed, profesh. Feed you my pound in flesh. Invest, infect, infest, none of it said in jest Never been second best, youngest vet Anything, everything, peppering, shelled on sets Wrong and ring, couple bells on deck So they keep telling man yes Big man, big range, Taliban flex Feel bank, I will build interest How I'm living so I really get stressed Get blessed, crap where you go for you ever get set More time vex for the people that left For the people that bled, no to bring them back I've been giving up bread, giving up cheese, giving up breath Till they come, keep filling up steps in illing, I'm bringing my set Man can't tell me now if they never ever know no stress. Can't go talk up loud, then chuck up your guts on breath. Yeah, I might have seen some things, but I never gonna told no fit.